worship team. You guys did a great job today. God is good. Hey, I'm so glad that you guys are here today, and uh, it looks like you brought some friends with you this morning. What a full uh, sanctuary area we have here, auditorium this morning. God is good, and uh, I'm so excited. If I haven't got a chance to meet you, and this is your first time here today, I'm Pastor Sheldon, and uh, so I'm the lead pastor here at Watford City Assembly of God, and uh, we're excited that you guys are here, and that someone connected with your life to invite you uh, this morning. So welcome to Friends Sunday here at Watford. For City Assembly of God. Hey, uh, have you ever have you ever made the mistake that I've made in my life, where you have said something to someone that you care about deeply, where maybe you said something out of anger or out of frustration, and you watched as their heart was broken? Has that ever happened? I mean, you can say things uh, uh, flippantly or, or just out of um, frustration or anger, and you can watch your heart, the heart of your spouse, break right before your eyes. How many have ever seen that before? Yeah? Quite a few? I've seen that before. Maybe you say something uh, uh, to your children, and, and you watch as, as their heart just kind of shrinks in their chest. You watch them kind of, you know... I think we've all been in situations where maybe that's happened to you, where you've been the recipient uh, of something like that. But why is it that it seems like the closest people to us, when they hurt us, it's the most painful? Why is it that the people that are closest to us, you would think there would be extra measures of grace, extra amounts where we could say, oh, well, I know that they love me, so I'll forgive them. But it seems like the people that, that we are the closest to, the people that we love the most, wound us the deepest. Isn't that the truth? And you know what, guys? The last few weeks we've been talking about living like you're loved and mainly loved by God over the last three Sundays. And last Sunday we talked about how God's everlasting, unfailing love is for each person in this room today. And that God's love goes far beyond ever our comprehension or anything we could even imagine. And if that is true, and if God truly does love us, I wonder what His heart feels like when we do not reciprocate the same love that he does towards us. I wonder if that hurts God's heart. In the Old Testament of the Bible, there's a group of people uh, called the Israelites, and they were people, um, they, they were the people of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and uh, the Bible says that they were God's people and are God's people. And God loved them, but his people didn't love God back in the same way that he loved them. They didn't serve him. They, they, didn't completely, uh, they, they, they didn't completely sell out and love him wholeheartedly. In fact, the Bible says that they completely disowned him, and they, they turned their back on God, and they rejected him. And, it, and in a certain situation, in the book of Isaiah, it talks about how God's people actually rejected him, and they ended up in slavery. And in Isaiah 42, God's people... He tells his people what it's going to be like because they didn't reciprocate his love. So if you take your Bibles, if you don't have your Bible here this morning, no problem, we'll have it up on the screen. But you can have a Bible app too, electronic device you can use. Or if you've got an old-fashioned one with pages like this one, uh, you can do that too. Those are accepted around here as well. So uh, in Isaiah chapter 42, I want to read a passage of Scripture for you this morning. And um, I want us to just try and receive this into our heart. 
And so this is, this is God speaking to Israel in Isaiah 42, starting at verse 18. It reads this way. It says, Listen, you who are deaf. Look and see, you blind. Who is as blind as my own people, my servant? Who is as deaf as my messenger? Who is as blind as my chosen people, the servant of the Lord? You see and recognize what is right, but you refuse to act on it. You hear with your ears, but you don't really listen. Because he is righteous, the Lord has exalted his glorious law, but his own people have robbed and plundered, enslaved, imprisoned, and trapped. They are fair game for anyone, and they have no one to protect them, no one to take them back home. Who will hear these lessons from the past and see the ruin that awaits you in the future? Who allowed Israel to be robbed and to hurt? It was the Lord against whom we sinned, for the people would not walk in his path, nor would they obey his law. For they, for he, therefore, he poured out his fury on them and destroyed them in battle. They were enveloped in flames, but they still refused to understand. They were consumed by fire, but they did not learn their lesson. I know what some of you are thinking right now. Pastor Sheldon, bring a friend Sunday? Come on, not a good passage. (laughs) Hellfire and brimstone coming to get you, right? Man, all your friends are just going, what in the world? Why did you invite me here? Couldn't you have picked a better scripture than that? Something that goes along the theme, lived like you're loved. Come on, that would probably be a good idea. But you know what, guys? Here's the thing. You know what? Good news is way better when it's followed by or when it's preceded by bad news. Okay? So, like, like I'll give you an example. Um, let's just say you're on vacation and, and you get a text from me and it reads this way. It says, don't worry, I called the fire department, they came and put it out. That's, that's all I wrote. So you're on vacation, you're walking the beaches with your family, hand in hand, all the time, oh, it's from Pastor Sheldon, it must be important, because that's what you all think when I text you. But um, you, you would say, it must be important, and, and it says, and I've got to read it correctly, don't worry, I called the fire department, they put it out. That's all I put. I mean, it's not really good news uh, unless you know the context of what's going on. It's not really good news, but uh, if I were to call you and you take it on the beach and I say, you know what, Uh, I just have to explain to you what happened tonight. It was so crazy. Uh, uh, Jen and I were on a walk and we were walking uh, down your street. And just as we were walking by your house, this car, this guy pulls up in front of the house and the car is like smoking underneath the hood. And he jumps out and he pops the hood. And as soon as he pops the hood, flames just leap out from underneath the car, like, like the hood. And he jumps back and we're looking back and, and, and it's a really windy day. And the car catches on fire. I'm talking like the interior and all kinds of stuff. This is terrible, man. Right in the middle of town. And the wind is blowing towards the direction of your house. And, and it's actually now, it's, it's caught the grass on fire moving towards your house. But don't worry. I called the fire department and they came and put it out. See how the context of the text message, that's way better, Right? That, that, that's, that's a lot better than the, the original message. You're going, what are you, what are you talking about? But if you have the context of what's going on, 
then that is really good news. I mean, it was mediocre news before. Like, almost like, what are you talking about, man? But, you see... With this passage in Scripture, you need to understand the context of what we're looking at here. This is a bad situation. These were the people of Israel, and they had rejected God. And they had been beaten in war, they'd become enslaved, and yet their hearts were still hard towards God. But here's the good news. And this is what it says. If you had your Bible open, in your Bible, there there are chapter markers 43, it says here, we were in 42. In the good old days when they had scrolls and stuff like that and they were reading this in the Hebrew language, there was no 43. Okay? They just continued on. All of the things were connected. So we, we put a, a stoppage in, at 43 so that we could find where we're at so that someone could say, hey, turn to Isaiah 42, verse 18. So we did that to help us in our modern-day culture. But in, in the Hebrew language, it, it wasn't like that. There was no verses. There were no... So this is how it reads. At the end of that verse, it says, Therefore he poured out his fury on them and destroyed them in battle. They were enveloped in flames, and they still refused to understand. They were consumed by fire, but they did not learn their lesson but now, verse 40, or chapter 43, verse 1, But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, Do, do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Isn't that news a little bit better now? I mean, if I just would have started reading that verse, you would have thought, oh, no big deal. Whoopee, so what? God created us. He formed us. He tells us not to be afraid. He ransoms us. He calls us by name. He says, you are mine. See, you wouldn't have understood the context of what we were talking about. It's kind of like the text message that says, hey, don't worry, I called the fire department and I put it out. Or they put it out. So what we're looking at here is is we see that, that Israel... They have rejected God. They're enslaved. But in verse 43, this is the live like you're loved verse. In chapter 43, excuse me, verse 1. And God says to his people who have hardened their hearts against God, who have gone their own way, done their own thing, ended up enslaved. So basically they were, they were getting the, the things that they, they, the deeds deserved. They, they deserved what they were getting. And, and, and God just allowed it to happen. But God says, listen, despite where you're at, Your heart is hard towards me. You're running in your own direction. You're doing your own thing. God says this. He says, listen, Israel. And we have it up on the screen here. It says, I created you. He was saying to his people, I created you. I'm your God. You are my people. You were created for us to be together, to have relationship. He says, I formed you like a, like a potter molds a, a piece of clay, like he's making a clay pot. He said, I carved you and I formed you and I honed you with my hands. And then, then uh, you, you became refined maybe in the fire, Israel. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, he says to his, his people. Don't fear what the future holds. Don't, don't worry about your present circumstances of being slaves. I've got this under control. It's going to be easy, or it's not going to be easy, but I'm going to be with you. It might be difficult, but I'm going to be right here with you. And then God says something that is, that is powerful. And it's really difficult for us in our American culture because we live in a free culture, but, but 
He says, I ransomed you. I've ransomed you. This word by the Hebrew definition, we studied this actually, this same or similar Hebrew word three weeks ago when Moses uh, went through the Red Sea and Pharaoh was chasing him to enslave him again and the waters collapsed on Pharaoh and the people for the first time in their existence were free. They were free to praise God. They threw a huge celebration, turned into a big dance party. You remember that Sunday I danced up here? You remember that, guys? No, no, I didn't do that, actually, if you're... I didn't do that. But there was a big dance party that went on. It broke out in a huge celebration, and it was really exciting. And right there at that time, God, um, Moses says, the Hebrew, the Hebrew word, he says, with your unfailing love, you lead your people, you have redeemed. And this is the same word found in Isaiah, or a similar word. It, the, the definition is the same. It means to redeem as one's own. It's about restoring relationship. Israel had plunged into captivity because of their disobedience, but God says, I'm going to fix the relationship that you broke. I'm going to redeem you as my own. And then God says something amazing. He says, I have called you by name. I've called you by name. This is about closeness of relationship that God wants to have. It wasn't about God having a relationship with a group of people. It wasn't about God uh, having a relationship with a country or with Israel or something, but it was about individual relationships with each individual person. He says, I've called you by name. And then he says, you are mine. God claims them as his own. Much like in a marriage when two people stand before a great group of witnesses, they invite all of their friends, all of the family that are closest to them for one of the greatest days in their entire life so they can stand together, two people, and honor one another by saying, you are mine and I am yours for the rest of our lives. That's pretty much what God is saying here. saying, I want you to be mine. It started out kind of bad for Israel here, but it turned into a wonderful love story of God's great plan and purpose for them despite the current situations and trouble that they were in. So what does a group of people 2,000 years ago or further even, what does that have to do with us in Watford City in 2016? I mean, does this even apply to our lives? You know, I think, it, I think it actually really does. It applies very well, in fact. Remember at the beginning we were talking about how people the closest to us tend to hurt us? I think that if anyone understands that fact, it's God. You see, whether we realize it or not, God loves every person in this room with an everlasting love like you could never imagine. Despite what you've done, We've all had times in our lives when we've lived our own ways, when we've done our own thing, where we've disobeyed God in many, many different ways. In fact, the Bible says in Romans 3.23 that all of us are in the same boat. Every person in the room, we have all sinned and fallen short of God's glory, fallen short of the glory of God. But despite our sin, God desperately loves us. In fact, He knew that we would stray away, but He still made you. He created you. 
in this room, the, the same principles that, that he speaks to Israel here, I believe he speaks to your life today. He is trying to get across the fact that he is desperately in love with you today. He has created you. And he didn't just create people. He didn't just create humankind and then just let them go on their own. He created every person in this room. He created you. The Bible says that he knit you together in your mother's womb. It says that he formed you wonderfully. There's no one else on the face of the planet. You are one of a kind. There is no one with your matching DNA. There is no person that is even identical twins are so drastically different. Every person was created completely and absolutely wonderful by the divine creator. There is no one else on the face of the planet like you. And God loves you like an individual. He doesn't just have a general love. In fact, St. Augustine says God loves each of us as if there were just one of us. As if you were the only person on the planet. God loves you that way. You are God's creation. The Bible goes on to say that He formed you. God formed you to to just where you're at. He orchestrated your life for this moment in time right now today. He orchestrated your life that you would be in Watford City, that you would be here, that someone would invite you, that you would stand in this very moment. God orchestrated your entire life to this point. Right now. He's walked you through the tough times, though times you might have thought that He abandoned you and and there were difficult times that you went through and you thought that you were going alone. God was right there with you. He was walking with you. He was forming your character. He was forming your resilience. He was forming exactly who you are so that you could sit in this room right now today, the person that you are, and He loves you desperately. Then God wants you to know something else about your life. He says that you don't need to fear. You see, many people live their lives with a continual sense of fear rather than a sense that God loves them. They make decisions based on fear. They allow fear to control their thoughts, to control their dreams, to control their futures. Many people are enslaved by fear. But God doesn't want you to live like that. He wants you to live like you are loved by Him. He wants you not driven by fear. He wants you to live in freedom, not bondage. He wants you trusting in His love, relying on His goodness towards you. If you have lived your life up to this point living in fear and continual making decisions based on fear, listen, God wants to change all of that today and He can do it in a moment. See, God created you. He formed you. He doesn't want you to live in fear because of this. Because God says, I ransomed you. The Bible says that we have all gone astray. We've all gone our own way. And God has laid on Jesus Christ the iniquities or the sins of us all. It says in 1 Timothy chapter 2, For there is one God and one mediator, also between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all. 
You see, Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sin so that we could go free. It was God's love that sent Jesus Christ to the cross. See, our relationship with God was broken through sin, and a penalty had to be paid. Remember what the word word redeemed meant or ransomed meant? It meant to bring to someone as one's own or to redeem as one's own. It's a relationship word. Jesus wasn't sent to earth to save the world. Jesus was sent to earth to save you and to save me. It wasn't this generic thing. It was the fact that God individually loved every person in this room so much that He sent His Son. It was a personal invitation to a personal relationship with God. In fact, our Scripture verse in Isaiah says, I called you by name. We wore name tags this morning because one of our slogans here at Wofford City Assembly we've got is Welcome Home. And there's nothing like being called by your name when someone talks to you. It's, it's, there's a comforting thing about that. And you know what, guys? This morning, God doesn't need a name tag to call you by name. He intimately knows every detail of your life. The Bible says that He knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows the intricate things that scare you. He knows the intricate things that make you come alive. God not only created you, He formed you. He knows you better than you know yourself. And He calls to you by name. By name. This morning, God is calling out to each of us, I believe. You see... I don't know where you've been, and I don't know what you've done. I don't know what you've allowed to drive your decisions up to this point in your life. I don't know what you've thought about God or church or the Bible. But I believe wholeheartedly with every fiber of my being that it is not an accident that you sit in this room this morning. Because I believe that God is calling you by name. He is longing for a relationship with you. He loves you. And He is asking you and inviting you. He is saying to you, Will you be mine? Will you be mine? God's saying, I love you just the way that you are. I accept you in all of your brokenness and in all of your failure. I created you. I formed you. I led you to this moment. I ransomed you on the cross. Of Je- when Jesus died on the cross, I'm calling you by name this morning. Will you be mine? Will you open yourself up to a relationship with the God who desperately loves you and created you for this moment today? Would you be willing to do that? That's good. Because I'd like to ask that question this morning. And could we do it? I'd like to do it just for the comfortability of all of our friends today. Would you be willing, everyone in the room, to just bow your heads and, heads and close your eyes? As Pastor Chad uh, talked about in worship, it's just a, it's just a form where, where we just kind of get quiet and do some introspection personally. But this morning, uh, I believe that God is calling out to people today because He loves you. Because He desperately wants to have a relationship with you. He calls you by name. And so this morning, you might say to yourself, how do I begin a relationship with God? 
Well, it's really simple. Now that God has called you by name and he's tugging at your heart right at this moment, it would be something simple like this. You would just say, Jesus, I know that I've gone my own way and I've done my own thing, and I'm sorry for doing that. Thank you for creating me, for loving me, for dying on the cross for me. I want a relationship with you. I want to be yours. I'm willing to turn my life over to you right now. If that's your desire today, we're going to make it very simple this morning. And I'm not going to call you from your seat. I'm not going to embarrass you in any way, shape, or form. But if there's anyone in this room this morning that you would say, you know what, Pastor Sheldon, I would like to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ. I am sensing that God is tugging at my heart today. And he loves me, and he wants to begin a relationship with me, and I would like to begin that relationship with him. I'm going to pray with everyone to close our service this morning in just a moment. But if there's anyone in this room, if you would say that, Pastor Sheldon, I just ask that you would just look up at me right now. Is there anyone in this room? I'm going to look at the left side of the auditorium right now. Is there anyone on the left side of the auditorium that you would say, Pastor Sheldon, I'd like to begin a relationship with God this morning? I know he loves me. Thank you, sir. Is there anyone else? Anyone else? Wave your hand at me if I don't get your attention. Thank you. Yes, I see that young lady. Anyone else? On the left side of the auditorium. Thank you, sir. Anybody else today? Yes, thanks, bud. I'm going to go to the right-hand side of the auditorium. Your right. Is there anyone here this morning you would say, Pastor Sheldon, I'd like to begin a relationship with God today? Thank you. I see that hand. Anyone else looking up at me? Thank you. Yep, see a couple hands at the back. Anyone else? Just keep your heads bowed and eyes closed unless you're looking up at me. Anybody else you want to wave at me if I I don't recognize? Thank you, sir. Anyone else? Let us wait five more seconds. Thank you, buddy. All right, one more scan of the auditorium. Is there anyone else in the room that you would say, you know what, Pastor Sheldon, I'd like to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ. I know God loves me and and he, he wants to be mine today. And, and I want to be his. Is there one more person here today to just get my attention? Thank you, buddy. Anyone else? Thank you at the back. Yes. Just five more seconds. Then we're going to pray together. All right. Congregation, would you, would you help our friends this morning that wanted to respond to a relationship with Jesus Christ? And we're all going to repeat this prayer after me. If you didn't raise your hand this morning, but... You want to begin a relationship with God today? Let's, just be, let's pray this with all sincerity of our heart, and let's just ask God to, to come into our life. And, and so would you repeat after me, congregation, and those that responded today? Jesus, I've gone my own way, and I've done my own things. I'm sorry. Thank you for creating me, for loving me, and for dying on the cross for me. I want a relationship with you. I want to be yours. I willingly turn over my life to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, God wants you to live like you are loved. <laughs> Thanks, Steph. <laughs> It changes the way that we think, changes the way that we act. It even causes us to enjoy life in a special way. Rather than just knowing that you're loved, I encourage you to continue to live like you're loved.
Friends, today we've, we know that there is at least 13 of you that have chosen to make a fresh start with Christ today. And that is very exciting. In fact, in Luke chapter 15, Jesus himself says that if one person turns their life back over to Christ, all of heaven throws a party. And I want you to know, friends, whether you raise your hand or not, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart, this is just the beginning. And we'd love to invite you to join with us on Sundays, on Wednesday nights. This is an opportunity to grow in your relationship with God and to continue the journey of what it means to be a Christ follower. I did want to let you know of a few things. By the way, in case I didn't get a chance to say it already, I'm Pastor Chad. I'm the associate pastor here at the church. Um, We do have a couple things that I want to make sure that you're aware of. The very first one, uh, a fun one, is this, is that we have uh, the end of uh, building a legacy with our children. And uh, they've been creating uh, Lego uh, depictions of Bible stories. And today is the party and the awards are going to be given out. So immediately after we leave here, Pastor Elisa, our children's pastor, has invited everyone to come over and see what the Lego creations are and, and try and figure out the Bible stories. It's going to be really neat. So go and do that afterwards. I also wanted to let you know and remind you that if you're a guest with us, if you uh, have recently started attending Watford City Assembly God in the last couple months, next Sunday we'll be having a lunch immediately after service, and we invite you to join us with that. Today, if you are a first-time guest with us, you've joined us today uh, out of invitation, we would love to give you something. Would you stop by our information desk? Pastor Courtney has something there for you that they would love to give to you. If you would, would you stand and let's close our time together in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for what you are doing, what you have started, and what you are going to continue to do in our lives. God, as we leave this place, we don't leave uh, the same way that we came. We live like we are loved. We thank you, God. Go with us now. Keep us safe. In your name we pray. Amen. Love you. Have a great week.